Hello everyone, this is Richard Wilson from the Family Office Club and we have with us today Vanessa. Welcome Vanessa. Hi Richard, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. So what type of an investment firm or investor are you? Sure, so I work on the capital markets team at a firm called We are a 20 billion plus or so real estate investment firm. We focus both on the equity side of things and in the debt markets as well. Specifically in the equity verticals, we invest value add mostly within multifamily workforce and affordable housing um, office, seniors housing. And then we do a bit of development within those sectors, but focus most of our development efforts within our opportunity zone platform. Um, and in addition, I mentioned we have a debt platform where we invest in commercial real estate backed fixed income as well as agency mortgage backed securities. Okay. Great. Um, so obviously any firm with 20 billion in assets, at least that I can think of, has many different divisions, managing directors in charge of each division. And if I went to each managing director, they'd give me a different answer to this. But um, what is the type of deal, like the strike zone size or cities, where if there's a family office club member that says, hey, look, I don't have the balance sheet for the debt. I can only raise part of the equity, but I have an amazing deal that's at a good, it's an, it's an institutional quality size that they think that Bridge would be interested in. Um, can you give us a little bit more framework around how you might be able to collaborate with members that have that type of a quality deal and what, that, what you call quality kind of internally? Yeah, sure, that, that's a great question. You know, I think if you took a step back, of course, the way we're structured, like you mentioned, we're a specialized investment management firm. So we have a CIO and a, and a dedicated team for each of those verticals that I just mentioned. Um, like you said, it's going to vary depending on the strategy, but I would say from a market perspective, we do spend a lot of time analyzing where we're going to invest in. And I think there are a lot of resonating themes that apply kind of across the universe of our verticals. So we specifically focus within the U.S. And within the U.S., we look at secondary markets and you would be asking, you know, what exactly does defines a secondary market here? So the way that we define secondary markets is looking at markets where we think there are healthy real estate fundamentals. So where are, where are there areas that have strong household formation? Where are there favorable employment trends? Um, where are there some strong demographic trends? For example, if we look at multifamily, one of the drivers is, you know, a growing multi, uh, a growing millennial population, um, a growing segment of immigrants that need multifamily housing, class B specifically. Um, for our seniors housing sector, we look at the areas where we see this, this growing cohort of 75 plus, where are they trending to in terms of locations? Um, and then to answer, I guess, the second part of your question in terms of sizing, you know, it ranges. We may do deals that are kind of as small as 10 to 20 million from an equity ticket um, to kind of as high as 100 million, depending on how we're buying. So in some cases, we may buy one asset or in some cases, for example, in our office portfolio, we bought a portfolio of assets that resulted in a much higher equity requirement from a fund perspective. Okay, it makes sense. It's interesting primary uh, cities to be at a much better price than the primary cities, of course, and they still are, but you know, like Nashville and Austin and some of these cities have become like so hot, like Denver, um, you know, it's interesting, like some I see some going to like Huntsville, Alabama and Jacksonville, Florida, 
over what used to be the popular secondary cities. I mean, are you guys seeing that as well? Or at 20 billion in assets, the city has to be big enough that you can do a real size project and it's not too tertiary. Um, how do you guys approach that as a firm in terms of, you know, are you avoiding some of like the Nashville types that have been so popular for a while or are you still see good growth in many of those types of cities? So that's a great question. I think as you think about the trajectory, so we typically invest within fund structures. We do co-investments as well. Our fund lives are different, you know, varies, but, you know, investment periods may range from three to four years and the fund life to allow for the harvest and realization anywhere from like eight to 10 years. So if you think through that timeline and that investment horizon and where we think there will be growth in kind of that time horizon, that's how we think about where we're investing in the markets. We're constantly underwriting. Um, so there's definitely been growth in cities that hadn't historically been on the map. Um, that toggle between, or that line between secondary and tertiary, I feel like sometimes can be um, dependent on how someone looks at it. I'd say more importantly, it's driven by some of the fundamentals that I was talking about. So you see areas like, I'll give you Austin, for example. That's a really hot market and has been for a bit. We are building in our Opportunity Zone platform, we're building uh, multifamily there. There's a lot of jobs that are flooding into Austin still. And we still think this is a really um, attractive market. It's all dependent to the pricing that we can get. So we wouldn't um, overpay necessarily for something that um, may still be a growing market. It, it's all about finding the right price and value um, from an investment perspective for us. Sure. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay. And then what would be your number one piece of advice for a real estate investor or investment firm listening to this? It's a great question. Um, I would say, you know, I think it goes without saying, obviously, that you know, you want to partner with, whether you're on, you know, the investing side as a, a GP or an allocator, or if you are a client looking for someone to partner alongside with, I think it's really, really important to think through who you're partnering with. So like I said, of course, you know, choosing someone who has a strong track record, tenure, longstanding, those things kind of go without saying. Um, but, you know, for us, when we think about building relationships and building that trust, that doesn't just look like, you know, talking through a bunch of pitches, but really being a thought leader and how can we provide value to our investors? How can we be proactive, responsive? Um, inadvertently, you'll experience market turbulence and, you know, a once in a generation <laughs> pandemic and there's going to be um, volatility, but, but working with a partner that you can trust um, that can give you perspective on the markets and broadly give you um, information on how to invest and be a prudent investor and be a good fiduciary for your assets is a kind of a very important thing that I think we've kind of found and continue to place as utmost importance, um, especially at Bridge. Sure. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay, great. Well, I'd be happy to, uh, to keep in touch as you guys continue to grow, um, you know, to 25 or 30 billion over time. And um, yep, so there'll be so. ways to, uh, you know, collaborate and have you on discussion panels some more and contribute to uh, the new CRE platform we were talking about just uh, get live here the next few weeks. So appreciate your time here today, Vanessa. And if anyone listening would like to get in touch with her regarding the project you're working on or co-investing or doing something together on the investment side, you know, just let us know and we can get you 
connected to her and her team. And uh, thanks again for your time here today. Thanks so much. Look forward to, to speaking with you soon. Take care. Yep. Take care. Bye. Bye.